0: Welcome to the Dr. Obinga Day podcast. Dr. Obed is a thought leader and apologist who speaks to life's great existential questions of origin, purpose, faith and destiny with fluency and grace. He is an author and the president of the Christ Cosmopolitan Incorporated, a vibrant apostolic commission that heralds the message of the fullness of Christ. Dr. Obed has seen his ministry soar to great heights over several years, touching the lives of many across the globe through his various ministry platforms. May you grow in grace and the knowledge of Christ as you listen to mind-renewing and heart-enlightening messages by Dr. Obed. Do enjoy this teaching. God bless you.
1: Thank you and we bless you. We give you glory for this holy and sacred moment as we share the word of God. Alvinu Malkeno, our father and our king, we ask that you would cause your light to dawn upon us and flood our hearts even with the truth that is in your word. Thank you for hearing us. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, even the Christ of God, we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You're welcome to today's telecast and I believe that we have so much to learn today. I sure know that you'll be blessed. Last week, we were dealing with the matter of why Hebrew roots and the questions that have come up. And the things that people seek to understand are the reason why I'm here to go deeper into the very same issues I was sharing. If you remember, I was talking about the Jewishness of our God and the Jewishness of Christ and how that we, being the Israel of God, simply means that in the tribe, by which we got saved through Jesus, the Christ of God, who is Jewish, we now are able to express the praises of God in his marvelous light, which actually means that we are Jewish on the inside. Today, I'm sharing with you on the hidden secrets of Hebraisms that are in the word of God. You remember I was talking to us about the fact that The Torah simply means the teachings of God, and the commandments of God are not burdensome, they are not grievous, but rather, they are opportunities that God grants us so that we can do what God expects. Today, I'm going further to share several other Hebraisms and to conclude on the hidden secrets of Hebraisms and the utterances of Jesus when he was on the cross, and also the revelation concerning the resurrection of Jesus, all hidden in Hebraisms. Do you know that when the prodigal son returned home, instead of saying that he had sinned against God, he rather said he had sinned against heaven. The Bible says heaven is his throne. In Hebraisms, the throne and the person who is seated on the throne is one and the same. And the place where he's seated is also him. So heaven is seen to be God and the throne is also seen to be God. When you address heaven, you are addressing God. This is the reason why Jesus says that we shouldn't swear by anything in the heavens. So when the prodigal son returned to his father, he told his father, I have sinned against heaven. For him to say he has sinned against heaven, he actually meant he had sinned against God. There are several Hebraisms that are in the word of God. For instance, you know the Shema which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. The word Eckhart is very important for us as believers to understand that the Lord our God is one means that the Lord our God is unity. In which way is he unity? The Lord our God is one, is the same oneness that is expressed in the book of Genesis, the chapter number one, the verse number five. Even though there are divisions in the oneness, of the day, of the 24-hour day, being morning and evening, we understand that within the Godhood or within the Godhead, there are also divisions. So we have the Word of God, who is Jesus Christ. We have the Father, who is the source, and we have the Spirit. And within the system of even the Spirit of God, there is the seven manifestations of the Spirit of God Or the sevenfold Spirit of God, as we know, as is written in the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, the Lord our God is one, means a unity of purpose. It speaks of a unity of purpose. That is a Hebraism. It does not mean that there is only one and only God in terms of single property, but rather there is a unity within the Godhead, so he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God, is one. He is one Lord. Now, in going further, we understand that there are several other Hebraisms. And I want to share with you, I've given you one, I want to share with you 10 other Hebraisms as quick as possible. Now, when you read the Word of God, where in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 to 19, Jesus Christ, Matthew 5 17 to 19. Jesus Christ says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. If you read in English how the Christ came to fulfill the law and the prophets, you think that he's come to make an end, but that is not the case at all. To fulfill, Is a Hebraism. It's an idiomatic or a proverbial expression in Hebrew. Which actually means to interpret rightly. And to make complete. Not to make an end. But to make a complete perfection of interpretation. So look at this. When you read Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 to 19 in context. Then the truth of what Jesus was saying. By way of Hebraisms are revealed. See this, he said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And instead of saying to fulfill, then in understanding Hebraisms, then what he was saying was that he has come to interpret the prophets and the law rightly and to make a complete perfection of them. Now, in the verse 18, see what he says. He said, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one title, shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. What is this fulfillment? He was not talking about till all come to pass. No. Till all the jot and the title in the word of God is rightly interpreted. And I'll come back to it. But before I carry on, let's go to verse 19. And then you see this. Then he said, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So in the context of Matthew 5, verse 17 to 19, Jesus was talking about the one that is going to apply the law and also teach it. The right application of the law and the right interpretation of the law is the fulfillment of the law. So now, in going back, we realize that Jesus said, I have come to fulfill the law. Then he said, I did not come to destroy the law. What does he mean to destroy the law? To destroy the law does not mean to throw it away. Or To declare that there is no use for it in our present dispensation. No. To destroy the law is also an idiomatic expression, also referred to as a Hebraism, which actually means to wrongly interpret and wrongly apply the law. So let's go back and read Matthew 5.17 in the context of opening up the Hebraisms of what Jesus was actually communicating. He said, think not that I am come to misinterpret and to misapply the law or the prophets. I am not come to misapply it or to misinterpret it, but I am come to apply it well and to interpret it rightly. So now verse 18. Then he said, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot for one title, shall in no wise pass from the law till all be rightly applied and interpreted. What does this mean? It simply means that heaven and earth is waiting on the right teachings of the word of God. Why has Jesus delayed in his appearing? Now, remember that in the coming of Jesus, Jesus came in his first appearing, To take away sin as the son of Joseph. And also he is to appear in the second appearance. To now show forth the glory of God. Of who he is. So he is come to show the glory of the law. The glory of the teachings of God. And what is delaying it? Right teachings. Until we apply the word of God well. That is the teachings of God, the Torah. We did this last week. Until we apply the prophets rightly, then heaven and earth is waiting and cannot pass. This is the reason why right teaching and right application of the word of God is very important. Until there is right teaching, we cannot have a right church that is without blemish and without spot or without wrinkle. So, teaching of the word of God rightly and applying it rightly is our process of speeding up the coming of the day of the Lord and of our God. Now, in sharing our faith as Christians, usually we have the westernized mindset when it comes to sharing our faith. Remember that the Bible says, from the heart man believes. However... What is believing? What then is believing? He didn't say from the mind one believes. He said from the heart. Now, in Hebrew, when you say believe, the Hebrew word is aman. And it is very different from westernized and Africanized explanation of believing. If you say you believe, it is not a mental ascent of agreeing per se, but rather Hear this. A man is a position that one takes in support of another standing on his right side. So for instance, if I say to you that I believe in you, that is a Hebraism, a man. That word alone is a Hebraism. What it means is that I, Pastor Obed, have decided to support you in your agenda and to stand on your right hand and ensure that what you stand for is what I stand for. I now in my support will do the right actions to show to the world that I believe in you. Now, what then is the implication of believing in Jesus to be saved? There is not just a mental accent to be declared that I believe but if I say I believe in Jesus what it means is that I am on the right hand of Jesus and I am supporting the agenda of Jesus so if you claim you are a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ Yeshua HaMashiach and you are not in support of his agenda but only think that you have only believed in the sense of assenting with your mind that he is the son of God, then your believing is not complete. So outside of Hebraisms, of which the Bible authors penned down the word of God, they were not talking about believers as being a people who were assenting with their minds or yet alone with just an accent of their heart. There was corresponding action that accompanied their believing. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20, the Bible says, Believe in the Lord thy God and you will be established. Can you imagine that? The word established is the same word, believe. So what was he saying? Believe in the Lord thy God and you will be a believer. So establish yourself in the Lord thy God and you will be established. This is the reason why the Christians who believe in God are referred to as the believers because when you believe you are a believer. So it says believe in the Lord thy God and you will be a believer. Be established in the Lord thy God and you will be established. A man in the Lord thy God and you will be a man. Now, Are you sure you're a believer? Are you really sure that you support the cause of Christ within you and you have corresponding actions that show what you believe? Hear me. Believer in Christ who is watching me or probably you are wondering or in thoughts of choosing Christ as your belief system. A belief system must always be accompanied with corresponding action. An action that portrays that you are in support of the agenda of Christ and that you are on his right-hand side. Now, to be on the left and to be on the right are Hebraisms that suppose that those on the right are those who are approved. So if I call you and I say, stand at my right or be seated at my right, or be positioned at my right. Then it simply means that you are the one I approve of. And you are the one with whom I am well pleased. Is it any wonder that Jesus Christ the son of God is seated on the right hand of the majesty on high. It is not an actual sitting as well like I'm sitting in this posture. But it is actually a Hebraism which suggests that Jesus is acceptable to God. And he is in the position of power. Now, when you read a lot of the parables, you have Jesus say of those that were sinners and those that were against the cause of God, they were to stand on his left. Now, if you understand and remember the parable of the sheep and the goat nations, you know that those who supported Jesus, who were believers, who cared for his brethren, Who did things for the brethren in the name of doing it for Jesus? The Bible says, the father will say to them, stand on my right. What does it mean? That you are of those that I approve. You are of those who supported my mandate and my mission and why I came. But then those who would come and say, Lord, when were you hungry and when were you thirsty? And when were you destitute of clothing and of food that we were unable to provide? He says, you are of those that did not take care of my brethren. You were of those that did not understand that me and my brethren are the same. In this sense, what does he mean? A believer can never claim he is a believer who speaks against Jesus, who speaks against the church and speaks against his fellow believer. This is the reason why James the Apostle says, you cannot say you love God and you hate your brother. That is not proper believing. Do you know that many people have renounced their believing by fighting their fellow believers, by speaking against their fellow believers? Pastors fighting against pastors. Bishops fighting against bishops. Church members against church members. Maligning and speaking ill and evil of each other. That is not believing. If I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then I support the mission of Jesus. I support his church, and I support the believers. I am on the lookout for opportunity as has been commanded. Now we make a reference. The mitzvah that Jesus left us was that we should love the Lord our God. And now he also says we should love the brethren As he has loved us. He said a new commandment I now give you. That you love each other as I have loved you. So in seeing the opportunity to believe. Every day now and then. God provides us with opportunity to believe. God gives us opportunity to express our believing. So, I believe in you, my dear brother, simply means that I support your mandate and I am on your side of approval. I cannot, hey, disapprove or fight you. The Bible says, God, he approved of Jesus. How? With mighty signs and wonders, he supported Jesus and approved his words. God also says we should study to show ourselves approved unto God. So one of the things that we know makes us as believers is because he says, These signs shall follow them that believe. So the moment you believe, God supports you and you support him. You believe in the believing God who believes in you and you believe in him. And if you are truly a believer, then the support signs of the believers must follow you. In his name, you will cast out devils. In his name, you will speak with new tongues. In his name, you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These are the signs that show. That we are believers. Believers in what sense? We are approved of God and we support the agenda of God. Now, let's deal with several other Hebraisms. Apart from believing, there is also what it means to receive in the name. Now, in Hebraisms, the name of a person is the person. The name of the person is the person. So, the Bible says, in believing in his name, we receive Jesus. When you believe, you receive. You cannot believe and fight. When you believe in his name, you support and you receive him. So, He says, as many as received him, watch this, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Even to as many as what believed in his name. So when you believe in his name, you receive him. When you believe in his name, he and his name is one. Now, the moment you receive the name of a person, you now are accorded the right to partake in the blessings that come with the person by name. So the Bible says, Whosoever shall receive a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Whosoever shall receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, he shall also receive the reward of a righteous man. So what am I saying? We are now beginning to understand that receiving somebody is cardinal. It simply is a Hebraism that says, you partake in my blessings. You partake in all the privileges and the rights that go with me. My blessings are your blessings. My privileges are your privileges. So now, the moment you get this, you now understand that when you believe and you receive the Lord Jesus by name, you now have the right to partake in all the blessings that has been given to Jesus. Is it any wonder in the Revelation of Jesus, the chapter 3, the verse 20, Jesus says, just as the Father gave him his throne, because you believe, and not just mental accent of believing, but corresponding action of believing, you have a reward, because whosoever shall receive a prophet Or a righteous man, in the name of the prophet, or in the name of the righteous man, he is entitled to the reward of the righteous man. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the righteous man, impeccable, without fault, blemish, or any such thing. So when you receive Jesus, when you receive Jesus, and you believe in Jesus, and you have accompanying corresponding action that approve and prove your believing then all the opportunities of Jesus are granted you God willing next week I'll be touching on how it means to walk and to believe in the name of Jesus but then I'm showing you that in believing in a name you partake in the blessings of that name oh what a privilege and what a right that I believe in Jesus I have corresponding action that proves my believing for which reason all the rights and privileges that has been given to Jesus are my privileges watch this is it any wonder that where Christ is seated that is where the believers are seated because we are seated in Christ in heavenly places his opportunities are our opportunities Whatever is accorded to Jesus as a right is accorded to us. So, brethren in Christ, believe in Jesus, receive Jesus, walk in the person of Jesus, take advantage of all the privileges that belong to Jesus. And now, in the book of Matthew, the chapter 8, the verse 21. There is also another Hebraism. Two actually of them. In Matthew 8:21, there came somebody who claimed he believed in Jesus and wanted to walk with Jesus. In Matthew chapter 8, the verse 21. He came and Jesus said, And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. What does it mean to bury my father? To bury my father is not a funeral. In Hebraism, to bury my father simply means, let me go and wait for my father's death in order to claim my inheritance before I come to follow. See this disciple, he lost corresponding action. What does it mean to bury my father? To bury my father does not mean to go and organize a funeral. It's a Hebraism. It simply means, let me wait till my father dies, I get my inheritance, and then I'll come and follow you. And then hear what Jesus said. Jesus now threw back another hebraism and said, but Jesus said unto me, unto him, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. What does he mean let the dead bury their dead? It is an expression that is a market expression of opportunity. It means that the one that sees games in something should do everything in order to get it. And the one that does not see gains in a thing, does not perform corresponding actions to get the blessings in that thing. So what was Jesus saying? There is an inheritance in following Jesus, which is far greater than the inheritance of waiting for your earthly father to die before he hands you over an inheritance. This, let the dead bury their dead, also means, To not allow your kinsmen and relatives to frustrate the opportunities of your inheritance that you have in Christ. Does that mean that you shouldn't have anything to do with your relatives? No. But it simply means as far as they don't counter your inheritance in Christ, you are safe. But if any relative should arise to want to do anything to frustrate you from gaining your inheritance in Christ, you declare, let the dead bury their dead. And that you are not going to bury your father. So see this. We We are reading all of these things in English, and we are interpreting them to mean, hey, the brother was Going for a funeral and Jesus said you should quit the funeral and come and follow him No, that is not what Jesus said. Jesus is not against funerals He himself went for a funeral and touched the pallor and touched the coffin and the guy that was dead Woke up from the dead. Jesus is not against funerals Jesus is actually against the fact that any follower or disciple or believer Counts the riches of this earth and of this world far greater than the riches that are in Christ And this is what Moses did not do He counted the sufferings in Jesus and the glory that should follow as far greater riches than all the wealth and the riches of Egypt That is what the believers must do say with me let the dead Bury their dead Say it again let the dead bury their dead and say in your hearts, I am not going to bury my father. What does it mean? There are many people whose fathers or early fathers are dead but they are still burying their father. What are they doing? They are counting present earthly gains far greater than the work and the inheritance that there is or that is awaiting them in Christ. So this brother who said, let me go and bury my father, was he a disciple at heart? Was he a believer with corresponding action? Today I ask you, are your actions showing that earthly riches and earthly honor and all the acquisitions you could get here in this world, do you count them as far greater riches than Christ? Then you are burying your father. But I say to you, let the dead bury their dead. So now, as it is right now, you understand that Jesus Christ in Luke 14 verse 26, today it's all connected together. I just went for Hebraisms that are connected to taking a stand in Christ and ensuring that you don't compromise. So look at what Jesus said in Luke 14, the verse 26. He said, If any man come to me, watch this. That was what the disciple that came to Jesus and wanted to follow, had come to meet Jesus about. But Jesus said, Hey, come and follow me and let the dead bury their dead. See how Jesus puts it in Luke 14:26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, Yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Same thing. Same thing. This disciple had come, wanted to follow Jesus, but he wanted to follow him in his own time when he has buried his father. But Jesus said, unless you hate your father, unless you hate your mother, unless you hate your wife, unless you hate your children and your brethren and sisters, yea, and even hate your own life, You cannot be my disciple. Does that mean we should literally hate our kinsmen and hate our own selves? No, no, no. The word hate is a Hebraism which must be understood in the context of Hebrew. Hate is with a pictograph of pricks that are put out of the way. So for instance, if you are walking in a path, and you see pricks in the path, and you skate or jump over that prick, it simply means you hate it. So, unless the pricks and the blockage and the hindrances that are meant to frustrate your work, you hate it. Unless you jump over it. Unless you skate it. Unless you decide you are not going to allow such frustrations, sad pricks to hinder your progress and your motion. That is what Jesus was saying. Jesus was not talking about expressing emotional hatred. He was saying, let things be put in their rightful place in order for you to be a disciple. Friend, do you want to be a disciple of Jesus? I told you from the beginning. Jesus told us that we should go into all the earth And make disciples. What are we doing today? We go out there and we get people to mentally accent. Without corresponding actions of their believing. That is not true believing. If our evangelism is centered on mental accents. And just what we claim to be a hearty accent. Without corresponding action. Then we have not gotten disciples at all. Go ye into all the earth, what does he mean? And let people forget burying their fathers. Let people hate their children. Let people hate their sisters. Let them hate father and mother. What does he mean? Go ye into all the world and let people make opportunity of believing in Jesus and not to be frustrated by this earthly plane and the frustrations that kingsmen And businesses and wealth and money might make watch this you are not only to hate your father mother wife children you are also to hate your own self that means that you also in life can create opportunity for yourself that now go in abhorrence or stand against the cause of Jesus it is not every opportunity that you're supposed to take as a disciple true disciples they don't love their lives but they hate it they don't love their fathers they hate it they don't love their mothers their children they hate it it simply means they skip opportunities that's what people bring to frustrate the cause of jesus in their lives i quickly want to go for a quick break and we'll come back in a short while And remember, I'm continuing the hidden secrets of Hebraisms in the Bible. God bless
0: you. Thanks so much for listening. We trust that you've been blessed with truth for life. Be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Obedoving A Day podcast to receive new messages every week. Until next time, remain blessed. Shalom.